Well, good morning and welcome. Man, we are so glad that you're joining us right now in our time of worship. Although we're not gathered in one place, we are scattered in houses all across our nation and the world, and we're so grateful that you've made time this morning uh, to come together and sing praises to Jesus Christ, to lift his name up in praise for all that he's done for us as we've gathered around the Lord's table to celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection, and the hope of life that we have in Jesus Christ that only comes through Him. And in just a few moments, we'll dig into the Word of God to see what the Spirit has to offer for us as encouragement during these very difficult times that we're experiencing right now. I know that we've got a lot of folks joining us online from all over the world. I know we've got uh, Brazilia, uh, Brazil checking in. We've got uh, Germany checking in. We've got Honduras and Kenya. We've got folks in Florida, Ohio, in Arkansas, of course, Oklahoma, Kansas. Kansas and right here in our Texas area. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. And we hope uh, from the bottom of our heart that Jesus Christ will bless you in ways that maybe you've not experienced yet, that you'll feel that miracle of peace that only Jesus can offer in this incredible time of crisis. We're going to be in Mark chapter 10 this morning. And so I hope you've got your Bibles with you and you'll turn with me there. We'll be there in just a few moments. Uh, but we want to be in the Word of God this morning to let Him watch over us and bless us as his children, children of light who are trying to look more and more like Jesus each and every day. You know, I, I continue to hear stories coming out from all over of how you are looking more like Jesus every day. You're calling and checking on folks in your circle of influence who absolutely need reassurance and reaffirmation that God is with them in this moment of difficulty. So thank you for doing that. Don't wait on your particular congregation or group of people to tell you to get after it. It is our time to shine in this uh, world that we live in. So reach out to those folks that you know need to be checked on. But I also know that you're doing great things like buying groceries for families who find themselves in need. You are teaching your own kids at home, and I know that can be challenging uh, as well. You're reaching out to folks who need their medications, and you're dropping that stuff off at their home, at their front door. Uh, we even had folks come by our house this weekend to sing to us, just to encourage us in our current crisis. And I continue to hear these great stories of how you are looking more and more like Jesus every day. Thank you for taking the time to do just that. And I want to say thank you for continuing to give online as well. You know, although we're not gathering as a corporate body, the mission has not been canceled. And our mission is to make disciples of Christ. Our mission is to look like Jesus in every opportunity that we have to do just that. And so your online giving is helping fund our missionaries that are overseas, helping fund our mission points, our local moments of ministry right here in our city. Your contribution is helping us give grocery money to families who find themselves out of work right now and who are needing uh, gas money to get to their reduced hours at work. There's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to give back to those and to look like Jesus in this difficult moment. So thanks again for continuing to give online. You know, this series we've called um, He is Greater Than I, and it's coming straight out of John chapter 3, where John and his disciples are baptizing on one side of the Jordan River. Jesus and his disciples are baptizing on the other side of the Jordan River. And some of John's disciples are a little worried because it appears more people are going to Jesus in his ministry than to John. They reveal that to John, and John says, 
this absolute truth that you and I know beyond measure. And John says, he, Jesus, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That's what it means to follow Jesus Christ, to be a point of light, to be children of light, to lift up the name of Jesus, to exalt his name in all things, to remind people that's where our hope truly is in Jesus Christ, nothing that we can do. And so we give everything to him, we applaud his name, we lift his name on high, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And I know right now is a very chaotic time for all of us. It's a difficult, tough time. Some of you may have lost your jobs. You may have uh, your, your week shortened in the hours that you're working, and, and you're wondering in this financial moment, how are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to put gas in the car? How are you going to make the mortgage payment or the rent? How are you going to take care of your family? Maybe right now the concern for you is health-wise, and you're truly concerned about Uh, this thing, this pandemic that's going on all over the world and is affecting us right here at home as well. Uh, This is a tough time to have seasonal allergies like I do. Uh, That one cough or sneeze, you begin to wonder, has it made it to my house? And so that could be an anxious moment for all of us. Maybe it's just being cooped up in your home with, with little ones that you're not used to doing that with, and you're, you're going over that one math problem for the 50th time, and you are just tired of it. You don't get it, and we have become more dependent on our teachers and more in love with those folks who take our little ones each and every day and pour into them. Maybe it's your marriage, and things haven't been always like they had hoped you would they, they would be. But you find yourself now trying to work things out around a dining room table because you find yourself isolated because of our current crisis. As children of light, we think about all the different things that are going on in our life right now, and we ask ourselves, how do we respond as people who follow Jesus along the way? Well, our story today in Mark chapter 10 is a story about a blind man, a guy named Bartimaeus. And I think as we lean into his story, it's going to be revealed to us the kind of people that we should be, even in moments when things aren't working out like we had hoped that they would work out. In moments where we're called to look like Jesus, how do we respond? And so I want to reread that story one more time, Mark chapter 10, and our text begins in verse 46. Jesus and his disciples are leaving Jericho, and they are on the road moving toward Jerusalem. This is Palm Sunday, and it's a reminder that Jesus, in our story, is moving toward the cross. He's moving toward Jerusalem where he'll give his life up for you and for me so that we'll have the hope of eternal life. What a glorious Savior we serve. Let's begin reading our story in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town... A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. 
And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. You know, a really small story, a short story, if you will, but there's so much packed for us to see what it means to follow Jesus when things hasn't, haven't worked out like you had planned, when life isn't necessarily going your way. How do we follow Jesus on the road? The very first thing that we see from Bartimaeus in our story is don't wait for perfect conditions. It's so important because so many of us try to get all of our ducks in a row. We try to do all the right things. And once we think we get all of our relationships lined up and we've kind of forgotten about the guilt of our past life, then we'll follow Jesus. But what we find out in our story is that we don't need to wait until things are perfect to follow Jesus. Take a look at verse 46. It says, a large crowd was with Jesus. Now, in our text, we don't know how big that crowd truly was. But what we find out uh, is that Jesus, in other moments, have entertained huge crowds. One of those big crowds was as many as 5,000 men. And we don't know how many women and children were in that crowd, so it would have been thousands that Jesus attended to. And it very well could have been the case right here coming out of Jericho. There were a lot of people, and the likelihood of Bartimaeus getting the attention of the rabbi from Nazareth, Jesus, is small, very slim. I mean, you think about the current space that you find yourself in. You're in your house, you're isolated. My guess is that many of us have felt like our voice has not been heard, that really beyond the front door, not anybody really knows what's going on with us. The worry, the anxiety that we might feel, the hurt, the loneliness. I don't know what's happening in your life, but my guess is for some of us, we feel like our voice is not being heard. And what we learn from Bartimaeus is that there is no wrong time to call out to Jesus. There is no wrong time to call out for the Savior to help you. I mean, in your struggle, Jesus knows your anxious moment. He understands what you're worried about right now. He knows you by name. He understands your stress level and the hurt that you might be experiencing in life right now. Some of us get to hang out with our family most of the day, but I know some of you are going through this by yourself. You're living currently in isolation. He understands what you're going through and dealing with right now. Now, I don't know your exact need today. I don't know exactly what I need to pray for you today. I don't know the, the moment that, that would be the satiating moment for you to say, that's exactly what I'm looking for. But this truth I do know, that Jesus is the solution to every problem. Jesus is the one that can help you. He is the only one that can help us in any moment in life, much less this one right here. But equally, what we have to realize is to concentrate on what we do have and not think about what we don't have. Because in this current crisis that we find ourselves in, the pandemic, some folks are not focusing on what they have. They're not seeing Jesus in the picture. They focus on the issue at hand, the, the lack of a normal grocery list that they can go out and obtain, the fact that they are confined to quarters, that they might be dealing with some kind of illness uh, in their own life, the fear, the anxiety that exists for them. Bartimaeus, he could have focused on his lack of sight, 
But that is not what he did in our story. Take a look at verse 47. It says that he heard that Jesus was passing by. And so Bartimaeus used all of his other senses to try to connect with the Savior. He used what he had in the moment when he heard that Jesus was coming by. And I want to remind us, church, that we have so much compared to the rest of the world. I mean, church, we've got grocery stores that are still functioning, trucks that are bringing in supplies. We, we've got great doctors and nurses that are working overtime just to take care of those who have a need and who are ill. We, we've got chemists who are trying to work out a solution and an immunization to the current virus that we're experiencing. We've got people who are bending over backwards in our government, trying to take care of us in monetary ways. Now, remember that no one on the face of the earth has ever experienced what we are right now. And so let's offer a little grace, a little patience, as we interact with the public around us and those who are trying to take care of us. Make sure that we uh, always know that we have more than we really think that we do. We need to concentrate on what we do have. Equally, I'd say, don't be swayed by public opinion. You take a look at verse 48 in our text, and the crowd is telling Bartimaeus to be quiet. I mean, he's kind of isolated. He's all alone. This guy is going through an incredibly tough season in his life. He knew that he needed a miracle, yet he overcomes the crowd and their opinion of him in order to connect with Jesus. And I know this morning you need a miracle too. You need Jesus to hear your story, to hear where you're at in life, to lean into you just a little bit. I know that you need a miracle in Jesus to heal your family and keep them safe. I know that you need Jesus in your life right now to help you overcome maybe the financial chaos that you're experiencing because of a loss of a job or reduction in hours. I know that you need the discernment and wisdom of Jesus as you speak life into your kids and into your spouse. I know that you need patience from Jesus as you interact with those kids every day trying to keep up their lessons from school. I know that right now that you need whatever guilt you have in your life to be laid at the feet of Jesus. That's the miracle you need maybe today. Maybe you've had a past life that you're ashamed of, or maybe you've even said and done some things even this weekend uh, toward people that you love, that you need Jesus to come in and heal that moment for you. You need Jesus to give you strength during these very anxious moments that you're feeling as the week moves on. And what I've discovered along the way, if I'm not careful, there are three different kinds of people that can kind of get to me a little bit in my faith walk. One of those are called faith suckers. That's what I call them. And they say it's really just not possible to get to Jesus. They're kind of Debbie Downers. They're kind of like saying Jesus really doesn't care about you and your life right now. And maybe you've got coworkers in your own life that are really kind of leaning into you and questioning your own faith and maybe they're asking why you're not doing other things other than leaning into Jesus when he has for you. Maybe it's your own extended family that are kind of leaning into you and pulling away those faith elements that you have in your own life. Maybe it's your own voice in your own head that's kind of detracting you from focusing on Jesus. But there are other folks that I call faith intimidators, and they're really bullies in our life 
who are really kind of yelling at us, telling us to be quiet about certain things, and they don't want to hear the story of Jesus. They want to hear more of some practical science move to make things right again. I mean, get into the world of Bartimaeus for just a moment. He is blind. He's begging for his daily food. People are yelling at him to shut up. I mean, can you imagine how intimidating it must have been, this large crowd about an incredible man like Jesus and the crowd telling this one person to be quiet? I mean, no one is cheering him on. No one is supporting him in any regard. He truly is alone and isolated. And right now, it's intimidating in the season that you find yourself in with the sickness that is swirling around us, with finances that might be on the rocks right now, with family who you find yourself confined to quarters with. And maybe you're feeling all alone because you are truly alone. You don't have any family around. And so you're walking through this moment all by yourself. You feel that isolation, and that can be incredibly intimidating. Well, a third character might be faith mockers, and that's people who make fun of you because of your belief in Jesus and the peace that he can bring to your own life. I mean, Bartimaeus is shouting at Jesus, and it seems like nothing is happening initially. The crowd is telling him to be quiet. Dude, you're embarrassing yourself. Would you just sit on the side of the road and stop trying to make contact with Jesus? Because see, faith looks silly to a world who doesn't believe in a living God. But what we know is that faith believes that God is going to do something that he hasn't done just yet. And we believe in an incredible God, church. If you believe that at your home right now, say amen. It's so important that we speak out about the faith that we have in a God that the world does not believe in. I think about all the stories in Scripture that really remind us of faith that people had in a God in moments that it was very difficult. Two come to mind initially. One is in Genesis chapter 6. It's the story of Noah and his sons that are building an ark, a big boat, It takes them about 100 years to build this huge boat. And I want to remind you that at this point in Earth's history, it has not rained a drop. Check the story out. It's quite interesting. The Earth was watered in a different way. Hadn't rained at all, and all of the passers-by looking at Noah and his family, who are faithful to what God's called them to do, and they're getting ridiculed in the process. People are making fun of them for listening to God. Or Genesis chapter 12, an older couple that are almost 100 years old, and they've been promised this incredible nation that's going to be blessed through their children, and they don't have even one child yet. God's made a promise to Abraham and Sarah that the world is going to be blessed eventually with Jesus Christ through their lineage. And yet they forge on, they have faith in God and his promises to them, although family, friends, and those on the periphery may be laughing and mocking at them about their faith. We've got to be careful that we keep our eyes on Jesus, that we focus on what we know to be true, that we let our faith be known. Because this much I know, church, is that Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Jesus hears you right where you're at this morning. I mean, look back at our text in verse 49. Jesus says, tell him, Bartimaeus, to come to me out of the crowd. Now, 
when I lived in Glenwood, Arkansas, I was in the seventh and eighth grade, and I remember being in the band, and I tried a couple of different instruments, and I was so good at really none of them, the band director gave me two shakers, literally, from the percussion section. I have a picture of me marching in the Main Street Parade in our band holding two shakers. How embarrassing. At any rate, you've been in a parade before, you've been present when one has passed by, maybe you've been at a sporting event, and how loud those moments can truly be. Think about the story of Bartimaeus. He's sitting beside the roadside, incredibly dusty. Jesus and his disciples and the crowd, which could have been thousands, there are women and children. The children are playing. They're screaming. They're laughing. The animals are with the families. The likelihood of Bartimaeus getting recognized by, this, by Jesus is almost inconceivable. He wouldn't be. Why would Bartimaeus want to call out to Jesus anyway? Why? Because see, Bartimaeus has heard about the rabbi from Nazareth. He he knows Jesus has taken a small sack lunch and fed thousands from that lunch. He he knows that Jesus has walked on water. He he knows Jesus has calmed the storm and sent the clouds away. He, He knows Jesus has healed the leper and other blind men too. He knows Jesus has even raised the dead. Oh, he wants to connect with Jesus because he knows he needs hope from Jesus. He needs a miracle from Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus says to you today, I I hear you when you cry out in the middle of the night. I I hear your prayer for health as you pray for your aged parents that you're not able to connect with right now. I I hear your cry in the middle of the night when you've lost your wages and your job and you're looking for more work to put groceries on the table. I understand the isolation you feel right now, and I hear your prayer for hope in the darkness that only Jesus can provide. Jesus hears the cry of desperate people. And in our story, the crowd who was once telling him to be quiet looks at Bartimaeus and says, hey, get up, he's calling you, go to Jesus. And in that moment, verse 50, it says that he threw off his coat and he ran to meet to Jesus. Now, That's an interesting point in our story because some of the larger towns in Jesus' day would have given true beggars a garment of some kind to kind of signify where they were in the pecking order, that they truly were not carn artists, but they truly were people who were in need of alms, were in need of help from the public. So that coat that Bartimaeus threw off, it was his meal ticket. He was willing to let go of that in order to get to Jesus, which brings me to the question that's probably on your screen right now. I mean, what do you need to throw aside today in order to truly connect to Jesus? What are you hanging on to that you just need to let go of so that you can embrace the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I mean, in your own life, maybe it's pride that you need to let go of. This idea that you can conquer this current crisis on your own, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you're going to make things happen. Maybe it's pride that you need to let go of so that you can embrace the humility of Jesus. Maybe it's anger and resentment in your own life about what's currently happening. Maybe you've got some anger toward a certain people group or the fact that we're really on lockdown and and really in this isolation mode. 
And you need to let go of that so that you can embrace the love and compassion of Jesus. Maybe this morning it's the anxiety and worry that you feel in your life right now because of our current situation. You're not sure where the horizon is or if there's light at the end of the tunnel. You're not sure what's going on, how you're going to make ends meet, what bills that you might pay with the reduction of hours that you've received. You're not sure if you're going to be able to stay healthy in the current crisis. You're worried about extended family that you can't go and take care of in this moment of need. And what we find in verse 51 is such a a beautiful interaction between the two. Because Bartimaeus gets to Jesus and Jesus asks the question, what do you want me to do. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see you. Savior, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, I want to see you. I want my sight back. He says, that's the miracle I need from you, Jesus. And this morning, you're needing a miracle as well. You need strength for your marriage. You need to make things right You need to come together as two people who are working through this event together. You need peace in your life that you can pass on to your children and create that non-anxious presence around you. You need a strong, clear voice that's clearly speaking the name of Jesus Christ in these moments of desperation. You need finances to help put food on the table and to make that mortgage payment. You need a job right now for those that have lost. You need your anxiety to go away. What you need is for Jesus to show up in your situation right now. And we find out in our story that when we call out to Jesus, he shows up every single time. Jesus is the hope for this world. And as our story winds down in verse 52, what we're reminded of with Bartimaeus is that when times turn good, we keep following Jesus. So many of us will turn to Jesus in this moment of crisis, but then when this crisis is over and things move on and things look up and the cloud is is past, we'll go back to doing things kind of normally. But the reminder in our story is that when things turn good, you keep following Jesus. Church, the most important thing that happened to Bartimaeus is not that he got his sight back, but that he followed Jesus on the road. And where does that road lead? It leads to a cross. And so this morning, as we finish up our time together in the Word, let me encourage you to lean into the story of Jesus Christ, to know that He has so much for you, that He wants to provide that miracle for you, that He wants to relieve your worry and anxiety and set it to the side. He wants you to throw off whatever that thing is that's holding you back and truly connect with Him. So this morning, may you experience Jesus Christ like you've never experienced Him before. May you follow him on the road. May may you experience that miracle in your life that you truly need right now to get through the next week and the weeks to come. May you experience the peace that passes all human understanding and embrace a Savior that loves you more than life itself. My hope is that in this moment, you will surrender yourself to Jesus Christ that you will take him on as your Lord and Savior, that you will say, yes, Lord, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Father, this morning we come to you humbly with our hearts bowed. We want to be the people that you've created us to be. And so in this moment, God, I pray for those of us that are watching that, God, we will let go of whatever's holding us back to be fully connected to you. That, God, we would embrace you on our road, knowing that you'll provide everything that we could need in this moment of crisis and beyond. My prayer is, God, you'll continue to watch out for us and give us ways to be children of light as we follow you in every possible way. God, we give this to you through your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his powerful name we pray. Amen.